the Money, Mindset and Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Money, Mindset and Marketing Podcast with myself, Alan Miles. And today I am joined by none other than Benson Chidester, the VP and Client Success Director at Elite CEOs. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So for those of you that listen to this podcast, obviously you're not going to be listening to it as we're filming it live. Benson is an absolute trooper. So it's currently 1 p.m. UK time and it is 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning in um, mountain time where Benson is, which is in- incredible. Like, Talk us through what does your like daily structure look like for you to be able to be up on a Saturday morning feeling good, ready to attack a podcast? Yeah, uh, well, I've always been a mo- uh, early morning riser. I think that was just instilled in me as a kid. Uh, we had early morning Bible study growing up at five a.m. So, wow. you know, kind of kind of got started at a very young age, and then uh, through college, uh, playing college football here in America. For those of you who are the who are in the UK, American football. Um, <laughs> you know, we had we had early morning AM workouts at five AM too. So <clears throat> I've just always been an early riser. So it's easy for me. I usually go to bed fairly early. 9.30 is like the latest I'll go to sleep. And then I wake up, I like to work, and then I like to go to the gym mm-hmm. straight away. And so it's just, I've always felt good doing it. Sleeping in for me, I just get restless. So I just feel productive whenever I'm working or doing something. That's good stuff. So it's good to hear. So for those of the audience that um, maybe don't know much about Elite CEOs and what you do, uh, at the company, can you just give a, a brief summary of the whirlwind journey it's been over the last few years? Oh yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as like elite CEOs goes, we help you know online business owners scale their businesses, you know, to 10k plus months, etc. We have multiple you know seven figure earners that have come through, and we've worked with some eight figure earners too. Um, man, well, when we first started, it was more of a it was more of a whim than anything. Uh, so, you know, Tanner, who's the, who's the head of the company and also my brother, uh, you know, we did door-to-door sales and he had been trying for a couple of years, hadn't really had much success. And then we did door-to-door sales and that really put some hair on our chest. And finally he was just like, okay, like if we can do this, like, you know, I can do anything. And so it really just started right after that. And he was just like, Hey, do you want to do this with me? Um, and I was just like, for sure, because at the time I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to go to school for healthcare administration. And I had another three, you know, uh, another good three, four years left. And I was like, okay, I could, I could go that route and then try to work the corporate ladder there, or I could start in the company with, you know, my oldest brother who like I'm ride or die with no matter what. And then, you know, have the opportunity to, to progress. And so I was really sold on the vision. Um, started out in a really low paying position doing outbound messaging and sales. And, you know, I was working a night shift job at the same time. And so it was a grind, but it it started taking off very quickly. And I think where it is now, I don't think we ever foresaw where it, where it is today. Like, you know, when we saw it as a great opportunity, but we never thought that it would be like this. Yeah. No, I think that's the thing. Very, very rarely. I think the people necessarily expect that level of success from my perspective, like you guys were actually the, the first coach that, that we invested in. I remember my call with uh, Tanner and I was surprised and <laughs> borderline a little bit starstruck, I suppose, in the moment when he was actually on the call and he was on the call with your other brother, um, Gentry. 
Gentry, yeah. Yeah, Gentry, yeah. So it was as he was training to become, to, to, to work in the sales department. And um, that for me was very much the start of my online fitness journey. And obviously my social proof is, is on like the elite CEOs of my journey there. And I think it's one of those things that you guys like, I have to really take my hat off to everything you guys have created. You've ultimately become, I think, probably the leader in, in the space. And there's been moments where there's been lots of competition along that way, ultimately that you've, you've worked through or against, and you guys are still very much standing and growing with several others that, they seem to have just vanished. Now, there was always one name that stuck with me whilst I was inside of, it was then called Fitness CEOs. And um, I remember there was another rival coach who used to always throw shade at Tanner, Lynn Trin. Where did that guy go? Like he literally fell off the face of the earth. And here you are, like you guys keep churning it out constantly. From your perspective, like going from that, that low paid role, like doing appointment setting and stuff to now being like VP and client success director of, um, of the whole business, obviously money has changed dramatically for you. How have you been able to, to manage that transition yourself? Cause you're still a young guy, like with money, literally seemingly I'm imagining pouring from the skies. How have you managed that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me, the, the number one motivation factor for me has never been money. Um, and so money doesn't necessarily drive me for what I do. Um, I've always had the the installation of myself and the way I was brought up was very traditional, you know, with my household and that the man, you know, provides for the family. And so right now it's just me and my wife. We've been married for coming up on four years. We don't have any kids, but I'm thinking about the future and what that will look like. You know, heaven forbid something happens to me. Is my wife going to be Okay. Will I be able to take care of my kids if we decide to have kids? Um, so for me, it, like money's never really been a, a motivating factor. And so I think for me, what, what kind of has changed in that sense is more so like looking at money as a tool and as something that you can utilize as you get more of it to not only benefit your lifestyle and live the lifestyle you want, but also benefit a lot of people around you. And I think that's one thing a lot of people don't understand is they always think that their decisions only affect themselves, or at least I, I see a lot of people doing that. Mm. In reality, your decisions, they, they have a ripple effect and they can affect hundreds upon thousands of people based off what you decide to do. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So as you've kind of, what is your strategy with money at the moment and to make sure that your um, family taken care of or, or any future children? Do you have any kind of like set structure that you follow with money particularly or? Yeah. I mean, really, really for me, number one is obviously investing in myself. So anything I can do to build my skills and build my own tools, I think that's probably the, the number one thing that anybody can do. Number one is build your, build your own skills, invest in yourself and make yourself better so that you can learn more things. If you can learn more things mm -hmm. and you can apply it, then you have the opportunity to be able to make more revenue. So that's the first thing, invest in yourself, guys. Number two, um, the really big thing that I utilize right now is like a life insurance policy. So um, for me, myself, you know, I don't, I don't want to get in the ins and outs of it, but pretty much like for me, that that's really the main investment that I have right now for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and what I do is I just basically pay that out. So it serves as one, my own bank, 
um, you guys can like look up life insurance policies if you aren't clear on them. I'm just touching the surface, but yeah, it acts as your own bank. And then two, you know, being an independent contractor, you know, I don't, I don't have a, you know, I don't have a 401k or anything like that waiting for me. And so I'm just literally thinking about, okay, how can I kind of set myself up for the future? Right. Take care of my family. And then also too, if like something bad happens to me, I always joke around with my wife. I'm like, I'm worth more to you dead than I am alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she's like, don't say that. But, you know, I want to make sure that she's taken care of. And then if anything happens to me, you know, she wouldn't ever have to work if she didn't want to. Right. Um, And so for me, those are just kind of my main two strategies right now. I think three, four years later down the road, what I've noticed is the way you think and operate changes. And so I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll think differently. Mm. But as of right now, that's what I do. Awesome. I love it. Um, and from a mindset perspective, like, do you, do you attribute any kind of like daily process or mindset processes that you do and kind of analyzing your thoughts and what's going on in life to be able to allow you to operate at that higher level? Like, do you have any key structures that you either have always followed or have recently started bringing in as, as your roles become more demanding? Yeah, I, I think for me, what really works is like, I love waking up early in the morning. And so like, I love doing that because nobody's usually up. And so I can get a lot of stuff done. And so I can work, I can catch up on things, do some demanding tasks, and then I can take time to, you know, read, you know, kind of go through my, my, uh, you know, day and think about things that I have to accomplish and think about things that I've achieved. I think one thing that, you know, I think business owners can do more often is think about those tasks that they have to do that might be difficult, but also like take a second to kind of recognize like the accomplishments and the achievements you've done up to that point, mm-hmm. because I think it can get very lonely at times when you're an entrepreneur, especially in the online space. Yeah. If you're constantly just focusing on, okay, like how, how can I get better? How can I get better? It's like part of the journey is just enjoying the process and seeing like, okay, like this week alone, or like this past month or in this past year, I've gone from here to here. Like whenever you do that, it, it really kind of takes you back and you become a lot more grateful. Mm. And I just noticed for me that that just sets me up to just a serve our clients better because I'm more grateful and, and I have more gratitude in my, in my daily uh, routines, but also too, it just gives me a sense of this is what, this is why I do what I do. Right. Like, a, I want to provide for my family, but B it's like impact other people's lives so that they can change not only their lives, but other people's lives around them too. Mm. I think one thing that I hear a lot on, on these podcasts from people who are, are really doing well in life is that word gratitude comes up an awful lot. And I think it, everyone hears the word thrown around like it's one of Tony Robbins' favorite words to like throw out there. But I, I think it's not until you really understand what that means that and you actually then start to realize how powerful it is because I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but you see some people who they have a very quick or maybe not quick, but they have some kind of ascent and they start to achieve some kind of success. And it seems as though that success all of a sudden then becomes expected and not appreciated. There's no gratitude. And then the world, just you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it, seems to find a way to remove some level of that success or really cut that person down so that they understand that that gift they've got isn't their right, but you actually need to be grateful for it. I don't know. Have you seen that kind of thing happen yourself? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, just for one example, and, and then I'll kind of go deeper into it. Like um, ever since my wife and I have started dating, I'll, I'll open up her door for her. 
And whenever she goes to visit her family, right. She'll like be sitting on the passenger side, waiting for somebody to come and get her door. And so she just, she's just become acclimated to it. And I think that can happen in business too, where you reach a certain point. And, you know, when you first, when it first happens, it's amazing. It's great, but it doesn't really last as long as you think. And it's never really like, it's never really as great as you expect it. Um, personally, right. Like once you hit a goal, it's like, Oh man, that's great. But after a day or two, you're like, okay, like what's next. And I think it is very easy to get caught in that rat race of, you know, you just almost, almost in a sense, like kind of become entitled where it's like, well, I I should, I should get this just because of X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, not really. Right. You still have to, you know, work hard and adjust and, and see what, what levers need to be pulled and pushed, et cetera. So yeah, I've definitely seen it. I think one thing you can do, you know, just in that regard to make sure that, that that's something that you can try to avoid is just constantly have like a little bit of Mm self-reflection, right? I I think that's so important and so key to make sure that you're constantly, you know, moving along the lines of where you want to go. I think that's good. Yeah. I I do think self-reflection is something that is, it's really critical, isn't it? Do you know what? I think a lot of the mindset stuff that people either don't do or sometimes people do too much of because they're not doing and they're not actually taking any action it's the stuff that gets neglected that you need to set up properly it's like going into the gym and never stretching or like that type of recovery based activity they just go straight in and and either pick up the heavy weights without any kind of warm-up and then they tear a muscle or all they do is stretch the entire time and they wonder why they've not put on any um muscle mass it's like well, all you did was foam roll for two hours yeah and yeah it's, <laughs> it's the same with the mindset stuff if you got well but i have this amazing morning process that i follow it's like but what actual action did you take today well i journaled for two hours and it's like well that's great but we need some actual action and from your perspective what would you say if you if you were speaking to a business owner right now who was either struggling in the online space or wanting to get into the online space, what would you say are some really key things for them to either think about or take action on to really get themselves started strongly? Yeah. I mean, really good question. Number one, guys, I would just, I would really just set the mindset that you guys are going to fail and you're going to fail often Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, I can't even tell you the amount of times that I was yelled at, you know, and, you know, told, told, told names that I won't say on the podcast, you know, <laughs> by my own brother. Right. That's just how he is though. Yeah. And the way I, I've always taken it is I just take it. I'm like, okay, like I need to get better. So you're going to mess up. Just understand it guys. And that's okay. It's part of the process. Number two guys, I would just simply say for any entrepreneur, I would say that like work ethic, hard work, and then resiliency in the foundational s- stages are so key. Right. I, I saw my brother for two years struggle. And then all of a sudden, boom, within a week, he made more, you know, we'd made more money in the company than, you know, he'd ever done in two years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whoa. So I would just say like, if you're able to work hard and you come in and you're, you're willing to improve your skills and your assets and be resilient, those are going to be the biggest components that you could have as a business owner. Because if you have that foundation, all the other skills, no matter how bad you are at certain processes, they will come with time and any time you have a tough month or any time you have a, a rough um, aspect going on that foundation 
I, I mean, that, that will literally save you. And I think part of that, you know, as far as like, you know, my brothers go and, and me, it, it's part of our upbringing for sure. Cause our parents, you know, my dad's a teacher. My mom was a stay at home mom and they taught us to work. Mm-hmm. Like I was 12 years old mowing lawns for money because my parents were like, yeah, if you want something, you have to buy it, you know? seven kids, you know, a teacher's salary doesn't go very far. Yeah. So that helps, but also I think athletics and I wouldn't say like every time, but I think those who have done some type of a competitive component, whether it's a sport or a club, et cetera, they, in my personal opinion, these are my truths. I feel that they have an advantage when coming into a business setting because they've been challenged at a physical or at a mental level where when it gets hard, you may want to quit, but they decide to continue to push to actually see what their full potential is. And then in business, when the same thing happens, it's like, they don't give up. They just push through it and they come out the other side better. Mm. I, I agree. I think there is something inside of, of some people who have that competitive edge, whether they've got it through sports, through sibling rivalry, through maybe even an early career that you can't even necessarily explain it, but there is just this deep down burning desire to be the best. And that sometimes drives people to the brink of complete self-destruction to in an effort to, to get that place. But I do think that there is something, and it is absolutely an advantage because doing the door-to-door stuff you guys obviously did after having done sports as well, and then having that work ethic in place, you had more doors slammed in your face, I would have thought, than you could, you'd know what to do with. So when somebody sends you an angry emoji in the DMs, you just brush it off. Whereas someone who's never faced that before, actually it upsets them at first because they don't have that resiliency. Um, what would you say to somebody if they didn't have that, they don't have that natural thing, what would be your advice of how do you build that tougher skin and that resiliency if you're a bit later in the journey? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. I think part of it, guys, is understanding if, if you want to actually like become something or make something of yourself, somebody will always have something to say. And the only way to avoid that is literally do nothing your entire life. That's it. I mean, for example, let's look at some of the best athletes in the world, LeBron James, everybody, you know, is like, Oh, he's not as good as people say he is Messi, Ronaldo, like you name it. People always have something to say. So you just need to understand that if you want to actually accomplish something, there's going to be people saying something no matter what. And whatever you're doing, if you're branching out on the online space, guys, you just need to approach it in a sense of whatever you have, it's impacted your life to a certain degree that you want to share it with other people. Whether it's building a business, marketing, investing, a fitness program, whatever. And so in a way, it's actually kind of unselfish if you think about it, or it's actually quite selfish if you think about it, that if you don't go and share that with other people about something that's impacted your life so greatly that it's changed your trajectory and it's impacted you in such a positive way, it's kind of selfish, right? And so you just need to approach it that it's your job to share the message with other people and it's up to them to accept it. And as long as you're doing that, guys, and you control your effort and how much you put into that, everything else will work out, but you need to approach it in a way that you're there to serve people and it's up to them to accept it. Yeah, I I agree. I I do think that is there's this, there's the logical side of it, which is there like the selfishness of not sharing your gift. I, I think the other side of it to look at it, if you are somebody who maybe thinks a little bit more emotionally is 
trusting that gut instinct. Like we have these these sixth sense that we can't always necessarily explain, but we have, let's say we've got that gift, we've got a skill set in a certain area, or we have a passion for something. Our brains, our bodies, like something inside of us is telling us to go and share it. And it's our, we put these fears in front of it, like barriers of like, no, no, I'm not going to share because I'm sure that people don't really care what I have to say. There's somebody probably better than me. But like you say, unless you, you just need to embrace those things and step into your, your own area because how I would deliver something that may even be the same topic that, that you would talk about, Benson. Some people would listen to how I present it. Other people will listen to how you present it. And we all have our crowd, don't we, of people that, that we attract, which I think is, um, is really key is online is such an amazing space, but you have to be able to step into that fear. Um, one other thing I wanted to, before we wrap up, one other thing I just wanted to touch on is obviously you're one of seven, did you say? Yeah, one of seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I've got five children, but I can't even imagine how being a parent with seven children. <laughs> so that's incredible. Like your mum and dad deserve trophies, medals at something. If from a sibling rivalry perspective, was there a lot of that growing up? And even now in the business, like obviously, ultimately Tanner is the is the face of the business and ultimately the the, the leader of the business but there's two other there's two yourself and your other brother in the business as well is there sibling rivalry to get one up or push a bit more or do something else not so much anymore yeah I think that's a great question um I mean growing up you know in a family there's there's three boys and then four girls Tanner was the oldest and so he kind of had to go through like the thickest stuff, you know, getting dressed up as a girl growing up, et cetera. Once it got to me, I was the middle child. So like, I don't know, my sisters were just like, all right, we've kind of had our fun. So <laughs> we're going to dress you up as a girl. Um, but I remember growing up, like Tan- Tanner, my oldest brother, he was very impactful to me and my, my younger brother in a sense that the things that he did, he would always challenge me to do better than he did. And so I remember he would challenge me all the time in physical aspects, mental components. And I'd be like, dude, this is freaking hard. Like, is he trying to kill me? And then after I do it, he'd be like, dude, that's, that's good. Right. Like I didn't even do that at at your age, but he'd be like, shut up and do it like prior. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And so I think that like kind of helped push me and motivate me. I would say out of our brothers, Gentry and Tanner, like out of all three of us, Gentry and Tanner are the most similar. And so when they kind of get together, they'll sometimes be like, you know, battering rams just kind of going head on because they're very, very headstrong individuals. Me, myself, I've never really looked at it as a competition. I've more so looked at it as we're like, we're in this together and like I'm ride or die no matter what. And so like, whatever is going to help and benefit the business, I'm like, let's freaking do it because I just want to like, I just want the business to do well first before anything else. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my mentality. I would say Tanner and Gentry probably have more of a rivalry and that's why Gentry's, you know, kind of, kind of stepped into, that's part of the reason why he stepped into his role in our, in our uh, sister company with elite closers, Mm -hmm. because he wanted, he wanted to be able to be like his own CEO. Right. Um, But yeah. So as far as me, like, not really, I'm just like, dude, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure like the business is progressing. Gentry and Tanner, I think there's, 
Gentry Gentry feels like he has something to prove and that he wants to want up Tanner all the time, though. It's kind of funny. Mm. It must be nice to be able to watch and be that the middle child is just like, ah, it's it's easy. I don't I don't mind either way. You guys just go <laughs> at it. Um, I'm just the mediator, dude. I just make sure they don't kill each other. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So one thing we do at the end of um, every podcast is we get some either some book or podcast recommendations um that of things that have impacted you. Um so I always say at the end, like I, I never prompt anyone for these books. I like them to be straight off the top. So if you don't read podcasts, it's cool as well. But just some things that you feel have really helped impact your journey as an entrepreneur and really develop um, yourself through this journey. Yeah. Um, three books. The third one will be a little bit cheeky. But uh, the first one I would say is the book Relentless by Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. Just I absolutely love it. It's just literally all about mentality and how you should approach things, you know, as the best you possibly can. Um, the second I would say is the power of moments by Chip and Dan Heath, their brothers. Um, and that book's more so about like customer experience and how you can basically enhance the customer experience. Number three is, uh, you could, you could check out infinite income guys, uh, by a, (laughs) by a brother of mine that wrote it. (laughs) Um, it, you know, it just kind of enhances, uh, the story of Tanner and kind of gives entrepreneurs that insight that they, would find valuable when they're first starting their journey. Um, but yeah, I would say that those are probably the three that, you know, I'd recommend to somebody. It's a good book. I, ha- I have actually listened to infinite income on audible. It was good. So what I would say um, to anybody listening, like from my perspective, and I don't often um, big up guests that we have uh, on the show, but Benson was in all honesty, fundamental to my own journey and really getting started. Obviously Tanner and the rest of the team were obviously incredibly helpful as well, but Benson being that client success director, I was constantly in communication with him. Whenever he showed up on a call, he was always super happy, always desperate to help people move forward and really make sure that your business was growing. So if you are at the start of the journey and you're looking truly for someone uh, to help coach move forward, be sure to check out Elite CEOs. Um, and that comes from somebody who ultimately I work in the same space, uh, but elite CEOs, they were fundamental to my growth. Um, and I can't thank yourself and Tanner enough for really pushing me to take that leap and then pushing me to become a better version of myself. So thank you very much for everything that you did to me, for me way back in 2019 at the beginning of, of my journey. Um, if anyone does want to check out elite CEOs, where is the best place for them to find you? How can they get involved in your community um, or maybe even book a call and, and join the program? Yeah, uh, great question. Yeah, so you guys can check us out on our website, eliteceos.com. Uh, you can also find you know me on Instagram, benson.chittister, as well as uh, Tanner, who's the CEO, tanner.chittister. Um, on Instagram. And if you have further questions, we're, we're happy to help you guys out there. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on today, Benson. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up and hopefully we can have either yourself or your brother Tanner on in the not too distant future. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Take care. Cheers. And then for everybody else, if you have been listening to this and you've enjoyed it, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you haven't been taking notes, go back to the beginning, as I always say, Get a pad and a pen. Take some notes. There's some really good gold nuggets in this. And I will see everybody else next week. Take care, guys.